Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. What are you thankful for this morning, Mon? Oh, Lyle, I'm not sure, like... I could be thankful for something, but I could be not thankful for it because I, I knew that it was going to be 30 degrees today, forecast. Yes! But then I got up and looked out the window and there was just heavy fog. I don't know how a day that starts off like this can end in 30 degrees. We'll look outside now. Yeah, I know. Now that the show's over and we're doing the pre-recorded in, uh, introduction, it does look very sunny, but which I'm happy about because last night I did my laundry right and it didn't dry in time this morning. And so I just put on wet clothes because I was like, you know, 30 degrees, you can dry while I'm wearing it. On a 30-degree day, wearing damp clothes is actually a yeah. really good way yeah. of walking around with mobile air conditioning. Yeah, and if it doesn't hit 30, it's going to be a pretty awkward day for me. So I think I'm going to be grateful for <laughs> <laughs> mobile air conditioning. <laughs> anyway. Did you forget that there's this thing called the breakfast show that takes place for two hours every morning where you're going to have to sit in damp clothes and shiver well, in the I'm cold sh- until... That will never happen, Lyle, because you always have like the heater on and it's always so hot when I get here. <laughs> you do know I haven't had that. Hey. You do know I haven't had that kind of thing going for like... Maybe Maybe that's what I should do every a morning. A week and a half. I should just always turn up in wet clothes. That should be like my thing. What do you reckon? Maybe. Well, yeah, it would work for the summer. For sure. Well, and the winter because the winter is a problem. Winter is when you guys have the heater on and I'm boiling hot. Yeah. See, I like to sit in a nice even 20 degrees in here. Yeah, you like a sleepy feel. It's like a furnace. Anyway, what are you grateful for this morning? <laughs> I'm grateful. I get to give you a hard time on air every day. <laughs> Whatever. So much fun. This is indeed the delayed broadcast, so we can tell you exactly what happened on the show today. And it is a corker of a show today, real cracker. Yeah, you we have, do um, not want to miss yes, the interview absolutely. with Sarah McDougall from the United States, yes. one, of the, one of our interviews of the year. Absolutely. We called her up live. She's in the States. It's 4.30 in the evening when we, we called her. We Zoomed her. Yeah, we, this is new technology that we only just heard about this morning called Zoom, and we're already using it. So we did a fantastic interview with her in regards to what's been happening with the Royal Commission and also, uh, you know, the context of our church and, and, and our our lives in that, you know, mm. our kids, our, our peers, um, and all to do with abuse and, and predators and, and just a wonderful interview that was really educational and, uh, and yeah, something that everyone needs to hear. Absolutely. And of course, we have some interesting good news and some interesting current news. I'm going to talk about hurricanes. Yeah, I'm going to talk about um, loneliness. Okay. In supermarkets. What do you reckon about hurricanes? They're going up or they're going down? What's your thoughts as you're listening today? Are we getting more of them or less of them? Um, and uh, yeah. Mm. Well, so we've got all that and more coming up. Stay tuned and enjoy the rest of the show. Oh, yeah, we've got a giveaway. Don't forget the giveaway. Cheers to you for the. Stay tuned for the giveaway. <laughs> Sin far 
saves, Jesus saves He will lift you from the crashing waves Crashing waves, He will never leave you Jesus saves, Jesus saves You're listening to Caitlin Clampett with Love Lifted Me here on Faith FM. And as the show kicks off, Mon is going to kick off a clue for the quiz. Yes, indeed. Get your brains into gear, ladies and gentlemen. We have a quiz. It's a what creature Oh, by the way, this one is not yet on Instagram. Yes, it is. Oh, it is? Dude, pay attention. Hey, yo. I'm ahead of you. When did you do you're, that? You're so into this story that I you're am, preparing today. It's a cool story. It's a Everything cool story. Okay. is passing you by. Yeah, yeah I've missed, missed, missed the whole lot. All right. I could have like danced the hokey pokey on the table and you wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's Lyle. When Lyle focuses, like everything else disappears. <laughs> this, this is true. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just uh, don't have this conversation with my wife, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you can't multitask and I can. <laughs> It's just like doing radio with a, with a, with a male has been an interesting study in the difference between men and women for me. Just watching you, do you know? It's so funny because I can do like five things at once and still speak on the radio with clarity. <laughs> with and Lyle's- our producer Marta stops waving at us through the window, and I completely lose track of what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah. My bl- my brain goes blank. You'll have like a message come through on your phone, and you'll catch it out the corner of your eye, and you'll like lose your lose what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm just like watching you going, really, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. What creature am I? If a person could not afford a lamb as a sin offering, he could substitute two of these creatures. Oh, Lyle's already writing something down. Yes, he's got it right. He's got yeah, it right. That was an easy one. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, we have a prize for this. <coughs> so give us a call if you know the answer. It's a beautiful prize. Really beautiful ooh, book. Ooh, it's, uh, really? It's, You're going to give that away? Yeah, why not? That's nice. Why well, could give this away? And give this away later. Mm, they're both very nice. But the first one. Where, okay, we, okay. Yeah. we have two giveaways today. We have three actually, but let me tell you about this one first. So the, the prize today is called On the High Road of Surrender. Uh, so it's a devotional. It's actually a classic devotional by Francis J. Roberts. And um, on the back it says, God is calling you to absolute surrender and his incomprehensible blessing. Meet your loving Heavenly Father in the pages of this powerful devotional. For more than 30 years, this book has challenged thousands of readers with its urgent call to the resignation of self to the perfect will of the all knowing God. 
A beautiful book, uh, On the High Road of Surrender, will draw serious readers to deeper obedience and closer to the heart of God. So it is a book, um, it's broken up into very small chapters, so it's, I guess it's, I guess you could say it's bite-sized. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, like a daily kind of... Um, yeah, yeah. So sometimes... You know, a a daily of, nibble. A paragraph or a bit of a longer paragraph or a shorter paragraph. So it's a beautiful book and uh, it actually... You can use it as a daily nibble or you can use it as a daily thing, a, a daily start to yes. um, some meditation on That's right. the Word of God. Absolutely. And uh, and this goes in well because actually we had a we had a question come in from one of our listeners that we're going to be using for later today in the question of the day. Um, and the question that they've asked is, how do I die to self? So this book will actually... That's perfect. That's yeah, perfect. That yeah. answers all your questions right there. So keep listening High because uh, you'll be learning how to die to self. And, uh, and of course, you can win that if you can tell me the answer to our quiz. Lyle, before we jump into some good news this morning on our good news segment, I have just one more piece of Giveaway good news, and that is we have a hundred prizes to give away. Oh, we do. Some of them have done this before. Some of them have already been snapped up. Very pleased to say, Mm -hmm. we have a hundred copies of Nature's Superfoods. It's a cookbook that goes through twenty-eight superfoods. Uh, so it goes through each uh, superfood, everything like, you know, linseeds, macadamias, mangoes, oats. Goes all the way I have not yet seen a page in this book that I do not want to eat the food from. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of like licking the pages here at the studio. Well, mine Kind is. of hoping there's 102 copies, one for you, one for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to give kind away. I'm hoping it goes out with our last cookbook where it got invited to a meal. I know, right? Can you imagine if 100 people invited us? Over? <laughs> we could work our way through this entire cookbook. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So mine will spend another six months on a juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is all healthy stuff. It's a healthy yeah, yeah, cookbook. Tr- oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of this course. is this cookbook is great for people who are trying to get more fruits and veggies and superfoods into their diet. And the way that you can get a copy is very simple. All you have to do is go to YouTube and subscribe to our brand spanking new YouTube channel. So we have a wonderful new YouTube channel where we upload our questions of the day segments every day. And, Faith FM um, Australia. Faith FM Australia. So go on there, uh, search for Faith FM Australia. You'll find us. It's the, the grey dot logo and uh, and subscribe and we're keeping track of all our new subscribers and uh, we will send out a copy free of charge to you there you go okay. indeed simple Lyle, as that. yes good news coming out of my ears my ears this morning yeah well pity you've got uh, headphones, head- on. headphones on <laughs> Well, no, it's good because it means the good news goes out my ears and into my listeners' ears through the headphones. So, yeah, actually, you know. it goes the other way. You know, it comes okay, in through sh- your ears science. and goes out Don't through your Don't science mouth. me this early this morning, Lyle <laughs> Southwell. No science before 8 o'clock, all right, thanks. Okay, let me tell you something. This is, this is something that we've spoken about before and something that you know that I is close to my heart, and that is the issue of loneliness. Yeah. Simply because, like, for me, when we have problems as a society, like, I'm a, I'm a lo- I love you know, I'm a problem solver. I'm German. I got problems, solutions coming out of me everywhere. But for me, the saddest ones are the ones that have the easiest fixes. And I feel like loneliness is—it's such an easy fix. It should never be a problem mm-hmm. in today's society. We Absolutely. have so many ways of staying connected. Mm-hmm. It, it just shouldn't exist. Loneliness shouldn't exist. But I guess this is one of the reasons why God created the church body, which we're going to talk about more. That's right. Minute. Because And part of the problem is that we've replaced um, real relationships with digital ones. That's right. That's so right. If you're feeling lonely today, then part of the reason is probably due to the fact that you have a lot of digital relationships yeah. and very few real ones. So cut off the digital ones and go for some real ones yeah. and join a local church. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. So, 
It's it's amazing he's, how he's, much he's, he's community listening. you have through a church. Yeah, our, our, our station here is run by the Adventist Church, so I'd say, hey, go, go and check out an Adventist Church. You can do it on a That's Saturday right. morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Shameless, shameless plug right there. Yeah, amen. Uh, but this is this is an interesting interesting article that's come out of the UK. Um, you'd not believe it. Supermarkets are having a crack at fixing the loneliness problem. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, super cool. So they've created this new thing called talking pardon, tables. Pardon. That's cool. What? You said supermarkets and super cool. Yeah, uh, too early for that last deal. <laughs> so they're creating talking tables, which are designed for people who actually want to talk to strangers. So, yeah. Ooh. And I guess they would have realized because like, a lot of strangers get to chatting in the supermarket line, right? Like when they're lying up, you know, waiting to pay for their groceries, they start chatting. Not so much in this country. Them. This country's cold. Yeah, not so much in this country, but still sometimes. Still sometimes. When I go to the States, I talk to everybody in line. Everybody yeah. talks to me. We yeah. stand in line and chat. You get a life story in the US. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> in the line at Walmart. <laughs> and here in Australia, everybody's like, you know, I think it's our. British heritage. Yes, but this is coming it's out of Britain. Of this is coming out yeah, of Britain. Yeah, yeah, and that, so, so they're having 20 different Sainsbury supermarkets. So Sainsbury is a pretty big chain and they're offering talking tables. It's a pilot program for their cafes. So they know how they have like cafes attached to supermarkets these days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they have within the cafe uh, these talking tables and uh, the tables will have either a sign on them that, that identify itself as like a meeting place for interested participants Um or it'll actually serve as a designated spot for like charity-led community support groups and social ambassadors uh, to, to host like scheduled talks and activities. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so like on a particular subject. Yeah, yeah. So it'll both be a community space that you can like book and host something mm-hmm. and it'll also be a designated spot with a sign saying, hey, if you want to chat to someone – Come check out this table, and you know, like-minded people, will, like needed people, will come and join you. And uh, and they've actually done this, and this this really surprises me. They this comes um, because they did some research, like the supermarket did some new research, uh, and in what they're calling the Living Well Index, which kind of reminds me of the Kingdom of Bhutan with their gross national happiness. Um, so the Living Well Index is developed in partnership with uh, some other uh, researchers, Oxford Economics, and the National Center for Social Research. And uh, it's actually sadly revealed that the UK sense of well-being has fallen in the last 12 months, uh, with loneliness being the key identifier, um, the key characteristic of those of with, with low self uh, low well-being. Like wow. it's the number one thing that they're chalking up as why they're not feeling well, they're not feeling good. I mean, this is perfect because you combine um, conversation with food. Yeah, and, and every- those two things always go together. Always work, and everyone goes to the supermarket. It's not like a cafe because, like, I rarely go to cafes, but I'm always at the supermarket. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I mean, I've done lots of Bible studies and that kind of thing in cafes because it's just a nice place to have, sit and have a Bible study. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, but I've never done one in a supermarket before. I have never given a Bible study in a supermarket. Well, I really hope it works. I've given a Bible study in a swimming pool. <coughs> <It's> sw- <laughs> <laughs> I have. Hey, I would love to hear from some people like the weirdest place I've ever done a Bible study or done some witnessing. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM and tell us the weirdest place. Can you top Lyle's pool Bible study? <laughs> I try to rack my brain. I don't think I've done anything that weird. I think I've just done it in people's houses. So. Yeah, Bible studies in houses. Anyway, uh, so the Macca's do- food court, um, cafes. Oh, yeah, I've done yeah, Macca's. Yeah, yeah I've done cafe. I've done an Italian restaurant. Library. Yeah. I have not a library. Um, oh, no, I have but those, a library. Those are all fairly kind of ordinary places to have a Bible study. But yeah, I think that I think my pool one might 
Anyway, topic. Uh, Judith Batchelor, director of Sainsbury, says we hope to bring people together at our talking tables and utilize the potential store space uh, to help people get better connected to the communities they live and work in. But I'm still, do you know what? Go to church. That's what God created for your community to combat loneliness. Otto with Oh The Sweetness here on Faith FM this morning, and we are back with more Positively Different Radio. Mon, do you have another clue for our quiz or not? Do you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, humor the crowds. I'm going to read out every single clue because it has been answered correctly, but I feel like we missed out on that quiz this morning. It was a good quiz. Okay. <laughs> it got snapped up in the... got snapped okay, up. Okay, this the, is just... The first clue was... The first clue was a pretty easy clue, Yeah, though. yeah. Well, this is... This is just... It's so related you, to the story of Jesus. It's true. Well, we have more more about Jesus. And it, and it shows us just the abject poverty within with which uh, Jesus grew up in. That's right. 
Um, so just test yourselves now. So if a person could not afford a lamb as a sin offering, he could substitute two of these creatures. Jesus said to those who sold these creatures in the temple, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? When sending out the disciples, Jesus told them to be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as these creatures. And the second time Noah sent it from the ark, this creature returned with a olive leaf. And John the Baptist saw the spirit come down from heaven in the form of this creature and rest upon Jesus. Mm, what creature is that? I'm sure we all know now. All been snapped already. Been snapped up by Zainab. Congratulations, Zainab, who is a regular caller and listener here on the Bible show. Bible student, yes. And of yes. course, the answer is doves or doves. Yes. Did, I, did I tell you that when I was on the plane heading to Germany, there's a little girl behind me on the plane called Zainab? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice name. Yeah, she, she, was a, she was a naughty little girl, though. She kept kicking the back of the seat. Oh. So, yeah. At first, I was like, no way, there's another Zainab out there. And I, and I was like, I've got to tell Zainab when I get back to Australia. <laughs> so, Zainab, there was another Zainab. <laughs> Probably somewhere in the world. That's a very common name, but anyway. Somewhere. Moving on with uh, more, slightly more serious stories. We have Ooh, another yes. hurricane brewing in the, um, <coughs> in the Atlantic, in the Caribbean area, which is about to hit Mexico as a Category 5 storm. Ooh. And we've been hearing about these fairly regularly lately. Yeah, I feel like as soon Big as news. one finishes it on the start. Yeah, it's just like they're like just even overlapping spin now. up, spin up, spin mm-hmm, up, and then mm-hmm. the next one spins up. And so I thought I'd do a little bit of research on this to find out, okay, is this actually increasing or are we just uh, seem to be, you know, is it just hurricane season so we're just hearing about it all the time? And so in the 50 years, 1900 to 1949, we averaged about two a year, uh, caused around uh, $4.5 billion worth of damage. Whoa. Um, when you, and that's, of course, in, that's accounting for inflation. And there were 108 storms. The next 50 years, so that is from 1950 to 1999, Mm -hmm. um, rather than being 108 storms, there was 168 storms. And rather than being $4.5 billion, there was $58.1 billion of of damage. And up to this point, there had only been three Category 5 hurricanes. Only three? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so our stats are um, 2017 stats because we don't have not yet finished 2018. So in the 17 years since then, Uh-oh. there have been um, 83 storms. So that's just in 17 years. We've had uh, um, more than half the number of storms in the last 50. Um, $123 billion worth of damage and 237 fatalities. So that's a very dramatic increase just since um, the year 2000. That's insane. Okay, now if you if you then project that, okay, so let's say we project that <laughs> and we don't project any increase into it. Mm-hmm. So let's say, say it just continues for the next 50 years at the same rate it's continuing, you know, it's taking place for these 17 years so far. Um, that will give you 232 hurricanes. Um, causing $361 billion worth of damage and 800 fatalities, uh, which is really fairly significant. That would almost be non-stop hurricanes because hurricanes don't just come and go in one day. Yeah, it would be quite non-stop. um, Well, it's 365 days a year, right? That wasn't per day. Oh, that that was... was, No, 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 not per day, but per per year or per 10 years? Per 50 years. Per 50 years. Still. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dramatic increase. What it shows like, is that over the last uh, 150 years, we have uh, th- that chart has just been going one direction. 
288. Okay, well, <laughs> 232. As a projected number at the current rate um, for the 50 years beginning that would from be like 2000. 4.6 hurricanes per year. That's, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's so insane. Yeah. And of course, the first 50 years of the 1900s, there was two per year. Oh, mercy. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, and the other thing is that when you look at the at the um, at the projection, the projection doesn't take into account the increase yeah. that has taken place over the last one hundred and seventeen years. It's going to be more than so that. So if you if you if you if you then take that into account and you and you continue that that upward curvature, then uh, and and J curve that it's forming it. It, it could be very, very significant by the time we get to the year 2049. Do you reckon we'll get there? I hope not. You've been doing some date setting, Lyle? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't been doing date setting. I want the Lord to come. Amen, me Please, too. Please, come Lord Jesus. This um, world needs to come to an end. There are too many terrible things that are taking place in our world. Okay, but that only tells part of the story. So okay. that's just dealing with the number of hurricanes. That's not really the big issue that we're dealing with here. Uh, one of the issues there that I pointed out was that uh, you know the first fifty years four point five billion dollars worth of damage. Next fifty years one hundred and twenty three billion. Sorry, uh, fifty eight billion dollars worth of damage. Uh, next fifty years uh, will be at least three hundred and sixty one billion. How can we even afford now that those figures are adjusted for inflation, for population, and for infrastructure increase? Okay. Okay. So they've, what the way what they've done is they've actually calculated it out to because obviously there's more people, there's more infrastructure, you're going to do more damage, but they've made the calculations based on a formula that flattens all of that out. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So what you're getting is a, a vast increase in the number of um, in the amount of damage, um, <clears throat> and so five out of the ten most destructive. Hurricanes in the history of the United States. Uh, oh, by the way, sorry, I should say something. Those stats that I gave you, mm-hmm. that was just Florida. That was just Florida. That was just Florida. Oh, yeah. mercy. That was just Florida. Florida, you're okay. in trouble. But looking at the whole of the United States, and of course hurricanes being an Atlantic thing, we, we look at stats over there, um, five out of ten of the most uh, destructive ones on record have been in the last 28 years. Yes, yeah, so they're getting more and they're getting worse per, like each hurricane is getting worse and like bigger in strength, kind of thing. In the last 30 years, the energy released by hurricanes has increased, cop this, by 70%. Are you serious? Um, and they are lasting 60% longer. No way. Than previous. So they're getting, they're getting larger, they're getting stronger, and they're lasting longer. Yes. And they're moving further afield. Oh, so they're no. moving further north and they're moving further south. So, the, so, the so have you noticed how we have had a very dry winter followed by a very, very wet spring and we yes. could end up with a warm, wet summer, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the... Topsy-turvy. Yeah, what you'd expect in Cairns. We're getting Cairns weather in Newcastle, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're moving further north and further south, which is uh, most interesting development right there. So places that are usually considered safe from crazy weather shouldn't be sitting so pretty. Yeah, well, that's going to be an interesting. That's going to be an interesting development because we don't have the building codes down here mm-hmm. uh, that they have, obviously, up in the cyclone regions of the north. If they do, if those storms do move south, we're going to be in deep trouble, deep trouble. because our our structures just can't. Stand up. I have wondered that before because you know we think we're so safe from like pretty much any kind of natural disaster apart from drought, and so fire. 
Yeah, fine, that's right. So I, I've often thought and to flight. myself, are we like ready for anything? Like earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes? Yeah, Australia like, is a great country to live in. We're a sitting duck. <coughs> Isn't it funny how we always look at Australia like this is the safest place on the planet and then yeah. other people look at Australia like all those dangerous animals you live with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we never it's see. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just, just, just don't say that on radio because um, we don't want to... Yeah, destroy, the, destroy the destroy the myth. Yes, yes. Look out for the, look out for the drop bears, everyone. <laughs> okay, the Bible says in uh, Luke, and I know I've referenced this one a few times, but I just want to um, actually read what it says. Luke 21 and verse 25, referring to the return of Jesus Christ, it says, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress of nations. Now, we could talk about signs in the sun, moon and stars. There's been a number of those. Um, but certainly distress of nations. Look at our world right now. You've got, um, you know, you've got Turkey and Saudi Arabia, and then you've got Iran and the US, and you know, there's there's some serious and North Korea, uh, Russia. There is certainly distress amongst the nations. But then it goes on with perplexity. Yeah, that makes sense. The sea and the waves roaring. Now those things roar for two reasons. Hurric- well, three reasons: hurricane, cyclones, which are the same thing, really, and tsunamis. And we have seen a dramatic increase in all of those uh, kinds of events. Anyway, we'll be back right after this. You could see 
back, guys. You're listening to Andrew Peterson with Is He Worthy here on Faith FM. Now, in a historic move, the Prime Minister and Leader of the Opposition yesterday officially apologised to victims of institutional child sex abuse, which we absolutely welcome here um, as efforts you know, being put forward to stamp this out. Um, of course, as was noted, there were those who boycotted the apology, stating that whilever the Catholic Church remained the only institution exempt from mandatory reporting of child sex abuse allegations, the apology was a bit of a... A hollow uh, apology at best. Yeah, because, I mean, is apologising really enough anyway? Yeah, actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. However, no church or institution, including ours, uh, is exempt from the danger of child sex abuse. And joining us on the phone from the United States is Sarah McDougall. Now, Sarah is a popular international speaker, author, blogger, YouTuber, leadership development coach who works with female abuse victims. She advocates for teen girls, pastors, wives, uh, abuse victims plus initiatives against human trafficking, pornography, and addressing abuse in faith communities. In fact, her list of accomplishes is very long indeed. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a delight to join you guys. Glad to be here. Now, Australia's been you know, rocked by these findings of our Royal Commission into Child Sex Abuse, and we regularly hear reports from you know um, things like grand juries in the United States. How widespread mm-hmm. is this problem? <laughs> you know, it. I have to say it warms my heart to see so much definitive action being taken by the Australian government to address these generations of abuse that were never dealt with before. But if I'm very honest, I feel like my own government in the United States has a really long way to go before we reach that same level of transparency, even to just get that apology. And I know you're, you guys are saying that apologies may ring hollow because actions speak louder than words but we're still short of even that apology so i'm i'm thrilled to hear what's happening in australia i think that's fantastic um what, what I really believe, though, is that the problem is more widespread than the average person can imagine because churches and faith communities of all kinds are prime environments for abuse. They're structured around loyalty to the organization, loyalty to the leaders, and often around making this idea of making the corporate community look good at any cost. So silence is pretty easily accomplished with a dose of shame and some twisted scripture. So... I, I believe that this is a much more widespread problem than any of us would like to admit. Okay, so you know, should we should should we be scared of taking our children to church, sending them to school, these kind of things? Yeah, because really, if you think about it, with the with the Catholic Church saying, do you know what, we're not going to do mandatory reporting, it's sort of, it's in my mind, sort of flagged, red flagged church as a non-safe place anymore. Like just, you know, I, I would think twice about taking my kids to a Catholic church where priests are refusing to do mandatory reporting. So, you know, should we be scared to send our kids to church or school? Just, just confirming um, that that's in the confessional box, but yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. And 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 of course, right, right, this exists right, okay. within within our church as well. As mm-hmm. you know, yes. you work with a lot of different people from many faith communities. It exists in all I churches, do. and so um, mm-hmm. yeah, across the board, should, should we be afraid? I I think we should be very cautious, and I think we should be very wise. I believe that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a a clear mind and a spirit of love and power. And so, no, I don't think we should live in fear. And I think living in fear makes people become reactive instead of proactive. And so, while I don't believe we should live in fear, I do believe that we should be wise and cautious and very, very astute. And I think we should take preemptive action to educate ourselves and educate our children and cultivate healthy, open relationships with our kids so that they have safe people to talk to if anything happens to them, God forbid, or 
to their friends who may not have those safe, healthy, open relationships with someone to talk to. Okay, so the other you know, question that goes right along with this is why has it taken our government so long to address this issue? I mean, you can go back to you know Charles Chinnicky who was flagging this in the United States during the Lincoln administration. Yeah, just why just a little so bit long? ago, just a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> just a wee bit ago. Um, you know, I <laughs> I believe personally there are three reasons for this. One is perpetrator bias, and that is a sense of subconscious loyalty to people accused of doing really bad things who look just like me. So when the perpetrator looks a lot like me, it's very hard, or or is one of my friends, and and let's just be honest. In government and in, and I am by no means saying that all perpetrators are white and male, but for the perpetrators that are white and male, which would be a lot of Catholic priests, a lot of Christian pastors, a lot of people in power, when those in law enforcement and politics look just like them, there's a lot of perpetrator bias. And so it's very hard for someone to believe that someone who looks just like me is capable of doing things like that. Number two, perpetrator identity. And that is the simple fact that there are a lot of people in power who actively protect themselves because they are among the perpetrators and they do not want to make laws harder for people who do things that they also like doing. That's a a nasty, scary thing to think, but it exists. Mm -hmm. And three is just naivety. This pervasive refusal to believe that so much evil could exist all around us. Because here's the thing. People want to believe that we can that we can sense evil. We want to believe that we could, if, if somebody was really, really wicked, if somebody was capable of heinous acts against someone else that's vulnerable, that we would know. And the truth is we can't. And so we prefer to believe that the world is good and filled with good people around us instead of opening our eyes to realizing that the very charming people that we may hang out with might also be capable of evil. Mm -hmm. Now, Sarah, you obviously travel the world speaking on these kind of subjects. Um, Here in Australia, the United States, our governments are actively addressing this this problem, which is a fantastic thing. Um, Are there other countries where there's nothing being done and it's just free reign? Absolutely. I would say Australia and the U.S. and the U.K. are barely scratching the surface of what exists in our own countries, and we are dealing with it quite openly. Um, In other places, sexual abuse is often either completely covered up or it's rampant and out in the open as an accepted part of culture and neither extreme is acceptable. But it is there are many, many places in the world that it is just either completely in secret and pervasive or just wide open. Sure. Sarah, um, sorry, Sarah, we actually heard about you because you made a, uh, a video clip that ended up going um, viral <laughs> and, uh, and it was about uh, an encounter you had with a potential predator in your church, uh, which mm-hmm. you're very brave about confronting. Um, so how, how viral did that clip actually go? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I kind of stopped counting. Um, last I checked, it had over 180,000 views on Facebook, thousands of comments, thousands of shares, and I, I, I just gave up on trying to plow through all of the feedback unless people messaged me with specific questions where I was able to actually directly help. Yes, I know. I, I, saw, it, I saw it pop on my pop up on my Facebook there for, you know, on a regular basis as it was continually being shared and shared and, and reshared for, you <laughs> know, 
crazy. It's what's well, clearly an issue that people, uh, you know, are interested in that resonates with people. It's, it's clearly something that society is concerned about. Um, so, and this this predator that was he was literally grooming your children in front of you, um, and he yes. he really picked the wrong place to attempt, uh, you know, grooming them. <laughs> Um, yeah, wrong take, place, wrong mama. Give us a yeah, give us a little uh, a taste of, of what actually happened. Give us a run through. Well, you know, I, I actually I I think how about I repost the video on my Facebook page today, oh, and wonderful. you can go watch it. Yes. Any anybody who wants to hear that story, I took about twenty minutes to tell it. I driven home from church. I sent my children into the house because they were only slightly aware that something had happened and mommy took care of something. And so I did not want them to be completely freaking out over everything that I had realized was going on. I sent them into the house. I sat in my car and I did a video rant and I had no idea that it was going to take off like wildfire and go all over the world. Um, and just swamped with stuff. So uh, I will repost it on my Facebook page. And if you go to Sarah McDougall author, that's S-A-R-A-H-M-C-D-U-G-A-L author on Facebook, um, I will post it as soon as we're done. And anybody who wants to see it can check that video out and share it again because I... <laughs> I was fired up. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll also it was, it was, a, it, was a great, it was a great mama yeah. bear you know rant uh-huh. right there. Like it really was coming to yes, the defense of my kids and uh, and I think that's what gave it so much impact was that it had just taken place. It was fresh. You sat in the car and uh, and it was it was raw and it was real and it was powerful. And um, we're going to post up the well, links to you. that on uh, on our Facebook page so that you can all go and check out that. If if you're amongst those uh, few people living under a rock, we may have missed it. But um, anyway, okay, so coming back to our churches and mm-hmm. our churches need to be a safe place. Um, we need to look out for our children. We need to look out for not just our personal children, but for everybody's children. Um, what yes. danger signals should be should we be aware of at church? You know, um, that's that's a tough one. Uh, but I'm going to give you some things, and then I'm going to give a caveat. How's that? Okay, sounds good. So, um, anyone who doesn't belong alone with children, who's trying to get alone with children. Anyone who has no reason to have a relationship with children, but is seeking them out anyway. Um, Anyone who refuses or balks at accepting a background check process. Although I will tell you that a background check process is only a smokescreen as to security because a background check is only going to reveal someone who is a convicted sex offender. Not someone who's been arrested and let off the hook multiple times, not someone who has flown under the radar all of this time and has never gotten arrested yet. And if you check out the book Predators by Anna Salter, the average sex offender or the the abusive predator has between 50 and 100 victims before their first arrest and many more after that arrest. So, no, almost no one gets convicted on the first arrest. So, the first arrest is simply uh, like a stake in time. It's a marking point. And then many more victims after that because the first arrest was not enough to actually result in any kind of conviction or trial prosecution. So, when you, when you think of that, we, we realize that a background check is simply a formality. Anyone who is very good at grooming children will also be grooming the community. And by grooming, I mean that they are becoming a trusted person that 
everyone really, really likes. And that's what makes it so hard to believe victims. So uh, one, one other thing would be anyone who shows or discusses pornography or any form of sexuality outside of an appropriate, like a sex education class or something like that to children who is not a parent with the right to do that would also be a red flag. But honestly, the most dangerous ones may never give you danger signals. One in 25 people in the world today are sociopaths. And sociopaths, did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One yeah, in yeah, 25 yeah, yeah. people that's, that's, like, are what? sociopaths. That's a, yes. And so the book for that is The Sociopath Next Door by Martha Stout. So if anybody wants to read that, that's where you, that's where you get that statistic. Um, these are, are people who are skilled at manipulating and grooming all the people around them, both victims and communities and families and parents and churches. So the most important thing above all for danger signals is to actually listen and take appropriate action if someone tells you that they are being abused, because that may be very well the first time you will know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what should we do no matter. if we do actually see something that we're uncomfortable with? Like if we actually If you do see actually see something, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So if you do actually see something that you're uncomfortable with, observe closely. Follow the gut instincts that God gave you because oftentimes we feel that something is off, but because we can't see visible proof, we ignore that feeling. For example, in my crazy rant video, I found out speaking to people who had been members of my church longer than I have that something, and I've been in my church for seven years, but something like five years ago, that same individual had been seen as a visitor randomly hanging outside the women's restroom and talking to teenage girls and like preteen girls. And, but nobody did anything five years ago. Nobody said, Hey, we don't know you. Why are you hanging out here? How you doing? (laughs) Nobody walked up and said anything. Nobody asked any questions. So when we feel that something is off, just because we see, we cannot see visible proof doesn't mean we should ignore that feeling. Now, it also doesn't mean we should jump down the throat of the person or that we should immediately call the police without any evidence either. I'm not advocating extreme crazy action. I am saying observe, pardon? Like like a witch hunt, you're not advocating that we all just, you know. Yes, yes, no, no, not a witch hunt, not a witch hunt. Okay. Exactly. I'm I'm not talking about how, like, accusing without any evidence at all. all. But, however, someone's testimony is evidence. A victim's testimony is evidence. So, if you see something, if you're observing something, do not ignore the feelings I gave you that says something isn't quite right. Hmm. Speak to someone in charge if you see or hear something inappropriate. And if you if you have and someone isn't listening or if you are the someone in charge and you need more help, talk to an advocacy group, ask a friend in law enforcement, find out more about what you can do. Be proactive because there is nothing more important than keep our kids safe okay so i've got a little bit of question of that so obviously when we're at church with our families you know parents kids they're all together uh parents are keeping a better eye on their kids but what happens if you know at school the kids are at school the parents are at work or at home right. they don't have that that visual on their kids you know how can we mm-hmm. know if something untoward is happening at our kids schools 
Uh, this is where it is so important to have really healthy, open communication with their kids. Because if you don't have any healthy, open communication with your kids, you might not know. But the fact is that, and this is not to be negative, but the fact is that sexual abuse carries such a deep sense of shame and secret secrecy intrinsically, even without the mind games that a sexual abuser will will perpetrate on the victim and the surrounding community. So it is, this is why it is so important to be preemptive in educating our children. Otherwise, unless someone observes something or your child decides to somehow take great steps of courage, you might never know. So coming back to the church setting, like how well equipped are our churches at responding to victims of child abuse? Like I'm concerned, you know, even if even if we found out about it like and we reported it like what can our churches do like is there anything that they can do Yes, there are two types of necessary responses. One is reactive, and that is when you realize that something has happened or is happening. And this is all about how you report it, how you take steps to protect the vulnerable, and how you move forward. And that is where we have organizations like um, Safe Place Services for all the different all the different faith based uh, communities, or if you are are Sevi, if you're Adventist, um, AdSafe. Um, that's where we have brave hearts at bravehearts.org.au um, that's where we have the amazing facebook page facebook.com some secrets should never be kept so those are places you can go and you can get uh, information about how to do healthy reporting how to how to take next steps if you are seeing something happen in your in your environment but that so that's just the reactive and that's after you already know something is going on but by that point someone's already been hurt and it's too late so what we really want to also focus on is our proactive steps and how we should respond is by doing some things all the time anyway to educate ourselves and our children about safe touch about consent about finding an adult and telling someone until someone believes you and about never keeping secrets. I actually did an entire blog post with the best books and teaching resources for talking to kids about these subjects. And it's on my website and my blog. It's called sarahmcdougall.com slash sex. So if you go there, it's just real simple and easy to find. And all those books and links to those books um, are, are all compiled right there to make it very easy for parents and church leaders to find those resources. Sarah, just a quick question to, um, you know, so compare what you're doing in the U.S. compared to here. Here in Australia, we require a work, working with children's check, which is the equivalent, I guess, of your uh, background check in the U.S., before mm-hmm. a person okay. can hold any kind of church office whatsoever at all. Do you have the same kind of system in, in the United States? We do, um, but there are churches who decline to participate in it. Um, and there are churches who say they participate in it, but then they don't really follow through and stay on top of it every 24 months. Um, there, there's a number of issues like that. So honestly, most churches are deplorably equipped at how to respond to victims of, of abuse. I feel like churches like this need to have a sign out the front. Oh, P.S. everyone, just a warning when you step in here, we don't do any of this, this or this. So you're on your own. I, I feel like they should I'll tell you. I'll tell you what is another big problem, and that is when you have a registered sex offender attending actively in communities, in faith communities, and the church leaders do not inform the parents or the other church members that there is a registered sex offender 
in the congregation. It's like, what's the and point so of they're being, more con- being registered? Like, there's no point then. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the, in, in those situations, they're applying um, punishment to the victims or potential victims and and freedom and grace and understanding to the person who is the perpetrator. And so they have their, their priorities of law and grace all mixed up there. Yeah, but uh, I, I could wax eloquent on that for a while, but maybe we have a <laughs> well, yeah, we, have about, we have about two <laughs> so many minutes. things to talk about. We have about two minutes left. So I guess I, I want to um, find out a little bit about the healing process. Like how do victims right. of child sex abuse find healing and you know what are some of the best ways what are some of the best things that we can do to help them on that healing journey you know first of all when you there there are two categories of child sex abuse victims there are those who experience child sex abuse you know decades ago and now they're just finding healing as this is becoming something that people are talking about now. And there are those who are children now and have recently or are currently experiencing sexual abuse. So those are two very different approaches to healing. But I believe that for both categories, um, the first thing that, that they need is safety. To know that they are safe and that they are respected for their value as a person and that what happened to them does not define their value as a person. And second, they need time. Healing comes with time and with being heard. Um, I actually just posted an article on my Facebook page earlier today about how healing is actually almost impossible to achieve for victims of sexual abuse if they are not heard. If their stories are repressed and are silenced, healing has a much harder time coming. So good counseling, faith, and feeling safe and respected again. Sarah, it's been fantastic having you on the show today. Um, unfortunately, we have run out of time. We've actually used a little bit of extra time, but, um, yeah, but this it was is a important. really important <laughs> subject to talk about. Yeah, Sarah, I just want to say I'm, Thank I'm you for really, having me. I'm really grateful for people like you who stand up in our yeah. community, who make a voice, who shine a light on these issues. Um, and we are going to put links up to uh, all the things you've mentioned in your, in, your, um, in, your, in your interview today because you did mention quite a few resources, articles, and videos, and I think a lot of our mm-hmm. listeners are going to want to have a – YouTube, a, Facebook, blog, etc. Yeah, there's a couple of books you mentioned as well. So our listeners will often call us right. up and say – want that book so we're going to have to get a lot of links from you uh, once we finish here <laughs> and put put them all up for which we are very grateful thank you it's my pleasure thank you for having me we're going to need to get sarah back again sometime but right now we need to move on as our time is almost up and we'll be having the eight o'clock news right after this short break you're listening to faith fm positively different radio